Hi, everybody. In today's teaching, part five of our mini-series, Grant Us Wisdom, Lord, we are looking at the topic of unanswered prayer. But before we get there, I just want to let you know a couple of things. First of all, at the end of today's teaching, Sam invites us to join together in communion. If you happen to be listening during a commute, it's probably not conducive to joining in. But if you are able, we invite you to gather some crackers or bread and some juice or wine as we come to spiritually receive from Jesus in these elements. And if you don't have elements available, no worries. I still invite you to take a meditative moment with us. Maybe even imagine yourself participating. No, it's not the same, but our minds are powerful and the Spirit of God is not limited by our limitations. We trust that even in the intangible and ineffable, that Christ will feed us. And secondly, I want to invite you to visit southviewchurch.com viewpoint. There you'll find a collection of different resources and upcoming events and ministries to help draw us into the life of our community, both on-site and online. In this week's viewpoint, we have a companion to today's teaching, Lori's story of unanswered prayer, as well as audio and video from our 2021 Lenten seminar, an update from Clyde and Sam regarding our most recent provincial COVID-19 restrictions, and more. And I want to encourage you to find and connect with us on Instagram at at SAC Calgary and on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash SAC Calgary. Links for these are down in the show notes. But as we often say, and is truly our prayer, we hope that somewhere in all of these links and descriptions, you find a next step for yourself into the richness of life together as we seek to learn from Jesus. And now, as we come to today's teaching, hear the words of today's collect prayer. Even amidst the pain and disappointment experienced in our lives, may these words prayed across time and space prompt us towards hope and perseverance. Merciful God, you have prepared for those who love you riches beyond imagination. Pour into our hearts such love toward you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Welcome everyone to our online liturgy. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for a long time or you're just trying to figure out who God is, we're so glad that you're joining in as we seek to learn from Jesus together. And we'll have the privilege of coming to receive at the Lord's table in a little bit. But before we come to that high point in our time, let me ask you a question. Have you ever experienced this? I've tried to pray God just doesn't hear me or answer my prayers. He's silent and forgets me. Have you ever felt that way? I recently read an article written by someone struggling in their faith, and they described themselves as having one foot in Christianity while having the other one in agnosticism. You know, someone who doesn't know if God exists or not. And their drift mainly had to do with unanswered prayer. They wrote this. I have prayed over and over for the same three or four things for many years. One thing I prayed for was the healing of my mother, and God turned a deaf ear to that. 
my mother died. God did not heal her in spite of all my petitions. If there is a God, he is turning a deaf ear to my prayers. I mean, as much as you pray, at some point, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get stuck. And here's where you're going to get stuck, and this is where you're going to get frustrated. In fact, when I show you this, some of you who pray regularly are going to say, yeah, I've been stuck there for a long time. And in fact, if you were to audit your prayer life, and you would say that you spend a lot of your time just frustrated over the lack of resolution around this question. And for some of you who used to pray and you don't pray anymore, it's because this question never got answered. The most perplexing question in prayer is simply, why? Why, God? Why did my life turn out this way? Why did that happen to my mom? Why did that happen to me when I was little? Why is my relationship going the way that it is? You know, why can't I have kids? Why did I get that diagnosis? Why can I never catch a break? Why, why, why? Why is my life the way it is? You know, I reached out to a number of people in our church over the last month, asking them to share their experiences with unanswered prayer. And I wanted to listen to their experiences and was so thankful for their vulnerability and sharing because what we are talking about today is a big roadblock for many people when it comes to Christianity, to faith, to our perception of who God is. And so we need to be able to have a thoughtful dialogue around these issues that are challenging to understand and ask for God to give us wisdom, which is why we're calling this series, Grant Us Wisdom, Lord. So I hope that some of what we talk about today will help you in your faith journey with Jesus. So one of those people, one lady said this when she wrote, I lost two pregnancies prior to having my first child. Then after, I had five more miscarriages. Every time I was pregnant, I could not let myself get excited because I wondered if I would lose the baby. We would pray like crazy and try not to worry at every little rumble in my stomach. We eventually started the adoption process and we had our new baby in our home for 10 days. And at the last minute, the birth mother changed her mind and we had to give the baby back. That is when I lost it on God. I laid on the floor, kicked and screamed at him, asking God, why, why, why? I was so angry. For six months, I didn't read my Bible or pray. One guy wrote, I blew my knee out in university. After 10 years and five surgeries, it was a mess. As I got older, my knee started to hurt with the simplest of activities. The diagnosis was arthritis. I was 40 and was both angry and sad at the same time. 40? Arthritis? Why? How? I mean, these are just some of the many stories I received from people right here in our community of faith and their experiences around this topic. Now, if you've prayed a lot, if you're a person of faith, chances are at some point you asked God to do something that you knew God could do, you thought he should do, and he didn't do. And if you're like a lot of people, it rattled your faith a bit or a lot, and you're wondering, why didn't God do what I asked him to do? When God doesn't answer our questions, we tend to say, God doesn't answer my prayers. And that's how a lot of you have felt. God just doesn't answer my prayers. I don't know why. He answers the spiritual people's prayers, but he doesn't answer my prayers, and you're frustrated. 
You've prayed every day. You've prayed for years and you feel like God doesn't answer your prayers and you think that he doesn't care. Now, if I'm going to do an honest assessment of when I feel that way, and I would be tempted to say, God doesn't answer my prayers, but I don't think that's what we're really saying. When we say God doesn't answer my prayers, do you know what I think we really mean? I think we mean this. God doesn't answer my prayers my way. God doesn't answer my prayers my way because you've got a way for that prayer to be answered, right? <laughs> You're like, okay, God, what you need to do at work is you got to get rid of my boss, get me some more money, just solve it and I'll have a good life. Or what you need to do in my family is you need to change my mom or my dad. Or in my marriage, you need to, to change my spouse. That's what you need to do, God. You're not answering my prayer my way. Because I have a way the universe should run, and I'll tell you all about that. And if you are a really good God, you would run the universe that way, but you're not. And we get frustrated because God doesn't answer my prayers my way. I mean, sometimes it's funny. I remember praying in high school. Maybe you did as well. God, please help me to get an A on this test. You know, because I didn't study for it at all. Definitely didn't get an A. But so often, it's sad and painful, isn't it? We all prayed for him. Yet he died. Or she's not getting well. Or my parents never got back together. And so you get disillusioned with prayer because you say, well, God doesn't answer my prayers my way. Why is that? Well, I want to look at a couple of things. Our prayer stops making sense and then life stops making sense when two things happen. First of all, I think one of the reasons life and your prayer life doesn't make sense is because you are not God. And sometimes we forget this, don't we? We don't control the universe. There's a gap between God and us. And we're like, no, listen, God, let me tell you how bad it is. And I will explain to you how bad it is. And once you see how bad it really is, then you will do what I want. And we just assume that we're at the same level as God. But we're not. God's ability to comprehend and see things, even beyond space and time, is far greater than ours. That's why it says in Psalm 147, verse 5, Friends, this is the word of God. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. His understanding is beyond measure. All this to say you are not God. And so when you talk to God, I want an answer, but I'm not really fully capable of understanding the answer. And it's not that I'm stupid. It's just because God is at a different level of being or existence than you or I am. And our comprehension is limited. And the Bible would communicate that this world is stained with sin. So even what was capable among human beings at one time is now twisted. Another reason life doesn't make sense is because God isn't done. He's not done. You see, the way I pray is, okay, I want an answer to this now, like by uh, lunch. You know, I want the answer and I want it to work out this way. But God isn't done. 
In fact, your life and the existence you were born into is like the middle of a movie. Have you ever walked into the middle of a movie and you kind of come in at the hour mark and you can't figure out who's who and what happened? You're asking all of these questions. None of it makes sense. And your kids are saying, Dad, be quiet. It's the perfect story, but you can't access it because you don't know the beginning and you haven't seen the end. You're just kind of in the middle. That's kind of like our lives. God, I want a resolution now. My timeline is immediate and I'm impatient. But God isn't done. God is, hey, I hear your prayer, but I'm not done. And if you read the last two chapters of the Bible, it will show you what happens when God is done. All the tears, all the crying, all the pain, and all the sorrow will go away. And you're like, no, I want that today. But God isn't done. You aren't God, and God isn't done. And if you really want to mix things up, throw this into the mix. Ask yourself, do I really believe that God is good or do I not trust him? If you do not believe that God is good, that is where faith begins to be derailed. Because you're like, well, I'm not getting an answer. And, I'm, and I know I'm not God. And I know you're not done. But I just don't trust you to work this out. Another young adult in our church she writes this. In my journey wrestling with my why questions, it was hard and discouraging. In the midst of this, the book of Job really spoke volumes to me as I realized I was asking the wrong questions. After Job despairingly asks God if he is just and wrestles with his own why questions, God responds by saying, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? This hit me like a punch in the gut. It was so, so humbling. I felt like this verse put me in my place and reminded me of how powerful God is and how much bigger he is than I am. A major understatement. I realized the question is not always, God, why? But God, do I trust you amongst, but God, do I trust you amidst these questions and circumstances? Being reminded of who God is and who I am gives me hope in the midst of my suffering and questions and the patience to wait on the Lord in the seasons of unanswered prayer. Because if you believe that God is good, then you can say in your prayers that, okay, I don't understand the moment I'm in right now. I don't understand why the circumstances of my life are lining up this way. And I know I'm not God and I know that you're not done but I think I can trust you. But how do you answer the why question? I mean, that's why you're listening, right? That's your question. Well, surprisingly in scripture, God doesn't answer why with a what. Because that's what we're looking for, isn't it? We want a what? Why does she die so young? Well, because this and this and this. Okay, now I get it. We want a what every time we ask a why, but that's not usually how God answers it. He does the surprising thing. God doesn't answer why with a what, but with a who. You see, what you want is an answer, but what you need is a person. We say, God, give me an answer. Just explain it. Explain it to me. What you need is a person. So you want an answer in your prayer, and God says, well, if I gave you an answer, 
you may not be able to even understand it. And secondly, I'm not done. But I've given you a person, and his name is Jesus. And friends, this is actually a more profound answer than it sounds like. You have God with you. And if you believe in him, you actually have God in you, the Holy Spirit. And this changes how we should pray. So three simple things when we pray. First, express desires, not demands. So focus on desires, not on demands. Second, say not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. And third, focus on the giver, not on the gift. When we focus on what God gives you, you miss God. Because what you want is an answer. And what you need is a person. And God ultimately answered that for us in the person of Jesus, who died and rose again. And so as disciples, a disciple is someone who takes up the ways of someone else. They are a learner or a follower. And so as disciples of Jesus, we can learn how to pray by watching Jesus. That's why it says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of reference. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. So when we look to Jesus on his knees in the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, many say that Christ's prayer went unanswered. Remember from Matthew chapter 26, uh, verse 39, it says, in going a little farther, he fell on his faith and prayed, saying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That's why one lady in our church sent me this quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, The Cost of Discipleship. In it, he describes the garden scene this way, and this is what he writes. Jesus prays to his father, that the cup may pass from him, and his father hears his prayer, for the cup of suffering will indeed pass from him, but only by his drinking it. That is the assurance he receives as he kneels for the second time in the Garden of Gethsemane, that suffering will indeed pass as he accepts it. That is the only path to victory. The cross is his triumph over suffering. Suffering has to be endured in order that it may pass away. We can, of course, shake off the burden which is laid upon us, but only find that we have a still heavier burden to carry, a yoke of our own choosing, the yoke of ourself. But Jesus invites all who travail and are heavy laden to throw off their own yoke and take his yoke upon them. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. The yoke and the burden of Christ are his cross. So to go one's way under the sign of the cross is not misery and desperation, but peace and refreshment for the soul. It is the highest joy. So the story that I shared earlier, they didn't end there. You know, the lady uh, who had seven miscarriages and for six months didn't read her Bible or pray. She continued on. My family helped me get back into the Word and realized that God wanted to do something through me. Six months later, we received a child. 
and it all went without a hitch, praise God. I made a conscious decision that I would trust that God did have my family in his hands and I needed to be all in and not waver in my trust in him when things didn't go as I thought they should. I didn't always feel it in my heart that he was in control, but because of what he said in his word and that he loved us unconditionally, I knew I just needed to be faithful in laying all of my concerns at his feet. I began to see God differently in my prayer life. I wasn't afraid to specifically ask him about my life. I knew he could handle anything, I would say, so I held nothing back. I needed to give him everything in order for him to change my thought process, not only about him, but about how my life was going to go. So in the middle of what was breaking my heart, that aching pain I felt, it was actually proof that there was a beautiful remaking in the process, but I had to give in and let God do the work. The guy who blew out his knee in university goes on to say, in my victim's mentality of why me, I had neglected to remember that I had a thousand other blessings in my life that compared to most men my age, I have great health. God doesn't promise us perfect health until we arrive in heaven. So why should I expect it? As well, my wife and I learned to pray together, to pray for a long time together that God's will be done regarding a specific thing, to submit to his perfect plan, to be content with the blessings in our lives. So recognizing God's sovereignty in issues such as this has been a huge thing. Asking for his will to be done, not mine, has been a wonderful, humbling gift. You know, deep down, I think most of us love to see cause and effect. I prayed, this happened. I didn't pray, this didn't happen. It's so neat, so simple. Uh, personally, I see more and more mystery in prayer. More and more beauty in it than I used to. You know, I feel less like the little kid who asked for that mini basketball hoop for Christmas and got one. And more like someone who stumbled into a friendship with an artist who paints work so impressive and majestic that I can't even explain what I'm seeing. You know, its beauty and complexity exceeds the ability of my mind to even understand it. I think when we can't see cause and effect in our prayers, we're actually in good company. Remember how Paul prayed three times to have an issue dealt with in his life? Three times, what did God say? No. His prayers didn't work. But they made God's grace work even more. That, to me, is a beautiful mystery. And I'm sure each one of us has a story after story of unanswered prayer, and many stories of what we might call answer prayer. But I'm confident God hears every spoken and unspoken word that I pray. And I'm increasingly grateful that he doesn't always answer the way that I want him to. He's just a lot wiser than I am, both in life and death. And somehow we are caught up in the mystery of receiving grace in every circumstance. That, I think, can produce an even more profound gratitude than knowing we convince God to do something we thought was important. And maybe it, the answer is, as Psalm 34, verse 17 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them, no matter how it turns out. 
So let me leave you with this final encouragement to help you in your journey with Jesus. I think if we continue framing the question the way we usually ask it, you know, why did God let this happen? We'll always be disappointed with the lack of an answer. But if we can learn to reframe the issue in recognition of the fact that we are still living in a fallen world and ask it this way, what can God do in the midst of this bad situation if we offer it to him? What can God do in the midst of this challenging situation if we offer it to him? We might be surprised to see what can happen in our lives. I mean, this isn't a neat and tidy answer, but it has helped me immensely as I've tried to make sense of the pain in my own life and the pain I've seen expressed in other people's lives and situations. And I've learned a great deal from the stories that were shared with me. And I, I hope it's encouraged you as well. So grant us wisdom, Lord, as we learn to follow you. And through our praying, lead us to the person of Jesus who loves us and cares for us. And we can do that even now as we come to Jesus in this meal. We see his love and care for us as his body was broken for you and for me. And so his blood was also poured out for you and for me. So I invite you to grab your bread and juice. I acknowledge that that this may not be the ideal, ideal way to receive, but thankful that we can receive even in this way. And so in this meal, we are remembering and proclaiming the death of Jesus. And through the work of Christ's spirit, we are being spiritually fed by Jesus in the bread and the cup. So Father, we ask that you would feed us in this meal. body of Christ was broken for you. Receive from him. Friends, the blood of Christ was poured out for you. Receive from him. Let's pray. Lord, you laid the earth's foundations. You placed its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. You set limits for the sea and said, this is this far and no further. You gave orders to the morning and you showed the dawn its place. You molded the earth and it took shape. You alone know the springs of the sea. You alone comprehend the vastness of the universe. You alone know the laws of heaven. So Lord, grant us wisdom and understanding that we may know you better. Wherever we are today in our journey of unanswered prayer, would you flood our hearts with light so that we may understand the confident hope we have in you? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are so glad that you could join us uh, today. And if you would like us to support and join you in prayer for anything, 
uh, fill out, please fill out one of our prayer request forms at southviewchurch.com. I know that hope can feel depleted in the challenges of life. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit can inject hope in us again. And we can know that his work is not yet done in our lives in this, and in this world in which we live. So as you head into this week, receive these words of blessing. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hope you can join in with us again next week. Have a great day.